Uh, morning, friends. It's uh, a pleasure to greet you and meet you this uh, wonderful Monday morning. Uh, I would just like to share a few thoughts on light as a weapon. So there were some uh, Bible verses that was not making sense to me. And uh, there were also a few scientific uh, tidbits uh, that sounded to be a little uh, strange. So I was able to, uh, as I went through these verses, find new applications. And I thought I'll just share this with you this uh, morning. So light as a weapon, uh, how, how, how does light uh, become a weapon? Uh, maybe if we uh, ask Hollywood, they have a different answer. But how can light be a weapon which we use every single day on our practical life? So this is one verse that was very difficult to understand uh, when I went through this verse. So here King David, he says, uh, you did make me hope when I was on my mother's breasts. Uh, so he talks about how when he was a toddler, maybe uh, one year old or six months old, when he was a nursing infant, he is able to learn faith. He is able to know hope. He is able to put trust in God. Uh, it didn't make sense. So I, I just tried looking at another version. Another version says, uh, you made me trust in you even at my mother's breast. So how can a six month or a one year or even for that matter, a two year old child trust in God? So this child does not even know uh, what trust is, does not even have a relationship with the father or the mother or the family. How can such a child have trust in God? So uh, on the other hand, there was this uh, scientist, Dr. Wendy McCarty from the University of uh, Nebraska. So she is well respected. And she talks about a case wherein the mother brought a child who was walking with her legs apart. So this child was hardly three, three and a half years old. But this child, there's nothing wrong with her. Uh, they did all the tests, uh, uh, muscle musculature, the physicality, everything was normal. But the child was still walking with her legs wide apart. So this uh, Dr. McCarty, she started talking to the mother and then she found out that this mother, when she was three years old, had a medical condition and had to wear braces and she was walking with her legs wide apart. So they could not understand uh, really uh, because this young child, three and a half years old, did not see any photo album or anything did not see the braces lying in a corner and then started walking with her legs, legs wide apart. But somehow she understood that her mother was walking the same way, though she did not have the same problem. She imitated her mother and she was walking with her legs apart. So though Dr. McCarty did not know why this happened, uh, she tried to find the solution. So she talked to the child she strongly reinforced the message saying that there is nothing wrong with you. You are perfectly well. You can walk well. Uh, the problem with your leg, that is not your reality. That was your mother's problem. Walk well. And the child picked, up, picked that up and started walking well very quickly. So addressing this why, why did this child, how can this child 
know something about her mother's childhood without that being uh, commun communicated to her explicitly. So that was another doctor called Dr. Alan Shore. So Dr. Alan Shore is a globally renowned expert uh, in uh, neurology, in psychology. Uh, even today, he is one of the masters. So he talks about this problem, this, uh, 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 this particular uh, uh, concept where the primary child, the primary caregiver, that could be the father or the mother or the nanny or uncle, auntie, whoever be it, the primary caregiver is able to send information most of the times subconsciously through the eyes. So when a child gazes at her mother or, or, or his father, a child would see for 10 to 15 seconds and then blink and then look away. So what Dr. Shore was saying is that the information stored in the brain of the caregiver is converted into electromagnetic waves and sent through the eyes. It reaches the eye of the child and it again gets reconverted and gets stored in the child's brain. So this is his uh, postulation. And uh, he says, uh, this eye-to-eye -eye contact happens at a very, uh, the energy transfer, the data transfer happens at a very low scale at six cycles per second. Hence, uh, we don't see that data transfer happening uh, at, at high speeds. Maybe not, normally it's 64 cycles, but this, since this is happening at six cycles per second, we don't recognize this as an important way of data transfer. So this opens the door for us to understand so many things. As a child, eye contact is very important. A child learns so many things. A child learns to talk, to behave in certain ways. The character all happens because of the eye contact of the primary caregiver. The child learns through the data transfer that happens through the eye gate. So even uh, in adults, we say, we, we talk about how love is shared between the eyes. We talk about mothers or parents disciplining the ch children. We say, look in my eyes and say, did you do this or that? Uh, even in meetings and lectures, eye contact is very important. We fixate on one particular person in the audience and start delivering the lecture or the points in the meeting. Eye contact is so essential. So now this verse makes a lot of sense now. Uh, David, he is maybe one year or two years. He is just an infant. So as an infant, he is able to look into the eyes of his mother. His mother is rich in faith. Her mother has so much of experience in knowing God. She knows God on an intimate basis. So she's able to transfer all that repository, all that rich information about how God is faithful, about how God is such a loving God. So that is being transferred through her eyes into the eyes of the infant David, and then it stores in, in David's mind for life. So this is one possible explanation of how King David learned faith how King David learned to trust God even at his mother's breast. So the big question, so what? Okay, this is a good explanation. What can I do with this information? How do I apply that in my day-to-day -day life? First, 
introspection of my own self. Let me give an example. There is, let's say, a person uh, named John. So John is very rich. He has multiple businesses and there is no lack of wealth. But still, he is unable to shake off that feeling where he feels that it is insufficient. He feels that he should earn more. This is not his own way of thinking or style, but he feels that he should continually seek more and more and more. It's not his greed. He's not able to make sense at all. So one possible explanation could be if, for example, his father had been a poor man, a daily wage uh, earner, and he had no money. So he had to consistently look at ways and means of earning more and more and more. And his father being the primary caregiver, maybe when John was a young, uh, 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 was an infant, might have looked at him and he might have uh, brought him up. And that message was transferred saying that we have to look at all opportunities to earn. There is never going to be enough money, keep earning more. So that reality of the father was picked up by John and now he is doing it though he has more than enough money for four generations. So this is one example. So we need to introspect ourselves. Is there any area where we are living the reality of our father or mother or uh, uh, grandparents or whoever else? It might seem to be alien to us. It might seem as if that's not who we are, but still we have certain belief systems. We have certain character traits. We have certain behavioral patterns. So we need to analyze, have I picked that up from my primary caregiver? Is that somebody else's memory, a generational memory that is being stored in my brain? So we need to introspect ourselves. We need to introspect for our family. Did I pass on any of my wrong or unwanted mindset to my children, to my grandchildren? Uh, I'll give another example. There is this, uh, let's say, uh, a lady, Sally. She has an, uh, a mother who suffered from an alcoholic father. So the father is an alcoholic, beats, the child, beats her mother every day. And the next day, he feels sorry and buys her a toy or a sweet or a gift. So now the Sally's mother, her mindset is, whatever gift I get comes with strings attached. So Sally's mother was not able to receive anything with the right mindset. The same way Sally has the problem now because her mother being the principal caregiver shared this into Sally and Sally feels that anything that is given to her has strings attached. So how can she receive the forgiveness and the salvation from God? That will be a challenge. So we need to introspect, have I passed any of these unwanted traits as a principal or a primary caregiver to my children and grandchildren or someone or some other children who are close to me. We need to seek ministry. So when I say seek ministry, there are two, two ways where we could look at doing this. If I have any unwanted character traits, which is not my own, then either I need to look up to God and receive the truth and cut off all these unwanted memories and have them erased from our brain. That is one way. And the second way is we can also have someone 
who is uh, known to us, who is a leader, who is exactly opposite of our uh, mindset to come look into our eyes and speak the truth to us. Just like how Dr. McCarty spoke to the small ch girl uh, about uh, walking properly. Maybe if we have a, a, a fear of something, a fear of frogs, I can ask maybe my uh, friend or my uncle who is absolutely fearless to come and speak to me saying, this is not your fear. You don't have to fear about anything. God has given you the dominion. So I can seek ministry either from God or if directed from uh, my family and friends as well. And uh, seek cleansing from God, shut the door so that this transfer, unwanted, the right information has to be transferred as uh, the, the mother of King David shared hope, faith, truth to, his, uh, to her son. The right information has to be transferred, but the unwanted, the uh, uh, defiling information need not be transferred. So we need to seek cleansing from God so that all of these unrighteous uh, uh, mindsets and structures are demolished from our brain. Be on the offense. So what do I mean by be on the offense? So once we understand this principle, we can apply this in multiple circumstances. We can use this to battle to evangelize and to conquer. So these days, sharing of faith is such a contentious issue. We can't share our faith in our schools, colleges, and in our workplaces. So what can we do? We don't have to open our mouth and share our faith or uh, come against the spiritual uh, dark forces at work. Through the eyes, we are, we'll be able to do a lot of work that we are able to do through our mouth. All we have to do is look at people in the eye and address the issue without opening our mouth. Just by having this eye-to-eye -eye contact, when we are intentional about this, we will be able to bring the change. Whether meeting people, whether addressing corruption, whether it is uh, 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 trying to enforce God's kingdom in our workplace, we can use this principle of looking people in the eye, of addressing people intentionally by looking them in the eyes. It is a good strategy to overcome. We don't have to open our mouths. We don't have to argue. We don't have to get into all other vocal means, but just by seeing, just by looking people in the eyes, we will be able to bring change. And this is something that is strongly recommended, a media fast. Think about this. If eyes are so important, if there are so many verses in the Bible about the eye gate, how much of junk are we letting pass through our eyes? We read newspapers, we read, we see television channels, we see a lot of junk on the internet, on the social media. We don't pay attention to that at all. So we say that, I mean, uh, uh, information has uh, plus and minus. I'm not paying attention to all the negative stuff, all the unwanted stuff, but I'm only paying attention to the good stuff. How do we know that all the unwanted junk is not being stored in our brains? Whatever passes through the eye gate, whatever passes through our eyes gets stored in our brains. We might not know the consequence. We might not know the impact, but 
What if such unwanted information gets passed on through our eyes to our family members, to our friends, to our spiritual and physical children as well? So the best strategy would be to go on a media fast. No television, no phones, no social media, no uh, books for maybe one day a week or maybe one week at a time or one month at a time. This will act as a detoxification of our entire being and bring about transformation. This is a strategy that will 100% deliver results. So this is something that I would strongly encourage each and every member to try to go on a media fast and see the uh, results happen. So these are some thoughts that uh, uh, I have on how we can use light as a weapon. Uh, this is the verse that uh, we see Jesus uh, exhorting his disciples saying, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So when he says, you are the light of the world, so why does he immediately follow up saying, a city on a hill cannot be hidden? Um, if you see, uh, Jesus was referring to a city called Sepheth. Uh, Sepheth, it was there on uh, the mountainside. Uh, from Jerusalem, it was a, a four-day journey to go to Sepheth and coming back another four days. So during the time when uh, King Antiochus Epiphanes uh, defiled the sanctuary, and then it was uh, again uh, reconsecrated by the Maccabees. They found that they did not have oil for the lamp. They found that the oil was very little. It could be used only for lighting the lamp for one day. So the high priest uh, said, let's have faith in God. And let somebody uh, go to Sepheth. Sepheth is the place where they prepare the oil. They crush the olive and the first uh, uh, fruits from that crushing of the oil, they take it for uh, this. So the high priest said, let someone go to Sepheth, get the oil and come back. And let's have faith. The God who uh, delivered us will provide supernaturally. So in the same way, with just oil worth for one day's uh, lighting of the lamp, they started lighting the lamp and miraculously the lamp stayed lit for eight days. So this is the uh, miracle of uh, Hanukkah where uh, God helped the lamp burn brightly for eight days, even with so little oil. So this is why Jesus uh, referred to the city Sepheth saying a city on a hill cannot be hidden. So in the same way, this is God's exhortation to us. He is calling us the light of the world. And as we begin to use light as a weapon, as we begin to explore these principles, God will give us the anointing. He will ensure that we keep burning bright. All we need to do is decide to be his light, decide to shine, decide to apply the principles on the word into our daily life. And God will do the rest. He will give us the oil. He will help us burn bright for him. So that is the message I leave with you today. Let us shine as his lights in this world full of darkness and be devoid of hope. Let us pray. Our loving Heavenly Father, we thank you, Master, for this new week in our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for shining your light into our lives. Thank you, Father, that your light empowers us, equips us, gives us all that we need, Lord Jesus, to be 
effective in your call on our lives, effective Lord Jesus in the marketplace, effective Lord Jesus to go forth and make disciples. Thank you, Father, for strengthening our hands. Thank you, Father, for the favor that you have granted in our lives today. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for Lord being a very present help, just as how you walked with Adam in the Garden of Eden. Even today, Lord Jesus, wherever we are, you are walking with us in the pool of the day. You are giving us the wisdom. You are giving us the strength. You are giving us all the resources we need, Lord, to be effective, to be successful, to be more than overcomers. Thank you, Father, for uh, Brother Alex. Thank you, Father, for Lord Jesus, your plans for him, plans to prosper and give him hope. Thank you, Father God, that you are opening his eyes, Jesus, to see the opportunities that you have created for him. You are opening his eyes, Lord Master, to help him, Lord Jesus, understand, Lord, where he needs to go. Thank you, Father, for opening doors, Lord Jesus, where doors had not been there earlier. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that Master God, even in this time, you are helping him, Lord Jesus, walk in intimacy with you, walk in faith, and grow, Lord Jesus, to the next level. Thank you, Lord. Each and every person who has connected here today, Master Lord, Lord, I submit them into your hands. Let your perfect will be done in their lives today. Thank you, Jesus, for covering each and every one of us with your blood from head to toe. Master, this entire day belongs to you. This week, we submit, Lord Jesus, our time. Lord, we submit all our lives, our hopes, our futures. We submit and surrender, Lord Master, everything that we have into your hands. To you be all glory, power, honor, and praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.